In leadership, we concentrate on leading others. What if we spent more time considering how we lead ourselves? Informing, encouraging, and supporting your church. You're listening to the Excellence in Church Administration podcast from ECFA. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to another Excellence in Church Administration podcast. This is Michael Martin from ECFA, and we are excited today on this episode of the podcast to bring a conversation that our very own Vice President of Research, Dr. Warren Bird, had with writer, speaker, and leadership expert, Jenny Katrin. Let's dive right into Warren and Jenny's conversation about leading self. Well, it's my delight to chat with Jenny Catron, who is founder of the Foresight Group. And let me just pause right here. Jenny, if if I wanted to find you on the web, how do you get Foresight? How do you spell that? Dot com. That, yeah, that's it, Warren. It's getforesight.com. It's the word get, G-E-T, the number four, and the word sight, S-I-G-H-T. So getforesight.com. Great. A consulting group, and you focus on developing healthy leaders and thriving organizations. You're a writer, speaker, leadership expert. We'll come back to some of your books. Uh, you're a leader, though, who puts feet to the vision by, and you've served in executive leadership teams in Menlo Park, California, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, and you love a fabulous cup of tea, great books. Uh, you're learning the game of tennis, and you're hanging out with your husband and border colleagues. So, Jenny, there, you go. We, there, you, there we go. <laughs> That's that, it. At least they have a picture. Uh, so let me ask you a few questions and we'll get harder and harder. Uh, I'm uh, talking to you by video and on your wall, office wall there is a quote, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire mm. from St. Catherine of Siena. Now, why did that quote connect with you so much that it rated being on your wall? Yeah, yeah. You know, Warren, I think this comes back to, you know, a big part of my heart and passion is this whole idea of healthy leaders, you know, that we all know the significance of leaders being healthy and thriving. And we've all had great leaders in our lives. And we've also probably had some poor leaders that have had influence in our lives. And a big passion of mine has been the significance of recognizing influence, that we really recognize the influence that we have. And a healthy view of that is an understanding of, how has God wired me? How has he gifted me? What are the experiences that I've had and the opportunities? How have all of those things shaped me? And my belief there is that all of that gives us a picture of how God wants us to show up in the lives of the people we have influence with and to do the work he's called us to do. And so I think that quote from Catherine of Siena just connects with me in that, in that be who God meant you to be, understand how he's wired you and gifted you and you'll set the world on fire. So I think it just pricks at that like core passion in me and keeps me motivated by seeing it every day to recognize, you know what, I've got to be who God's called me to be. And I think we were all tempted to compare, you know, whatever our circle of influence is or, you know, whoever our peers are in our work. It's real easy to compare ourselves and get distracted from doing, you know, kind of that unique thing that God's given us to do. So that's, that's why that one stands out and to me. And that's a phrase that that I would think really resonates with people, especially today in the self-help, self-improvement era to be able to imagine, you know, hey, maybe God has more for me 
than I've been, than the level of leadership I've been showing so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I do think, I mean, I, I know this is, and it probably always, it always comes from a personal passion and things we're learning ourselves. But, you know, I think a lot of, for many years in my leadership journey, I kept trying to pay attention to what other people who I aspired to, what they were doing and how they were doing it. And in some ways then I wasn't necessarily um, congruent with the ways God had gifted me as a leader. And, uh, and so I think in that journey of doing my best to understand how he's uniquely wired me and gifted me, um, you know, just finding my confidence in that rather than trying to mimic what I see around me. And there's good learning to be done of like looking at other people, learning from them. Um, but then there's still a, okay, God, what does that look like for me? How have you really wired me? How have you gifted me? And, uh, how do I be, how do I be faithful to steward that? And really it comes down to a stewardship thing, right? It's a stewardship of what God has entrusted to me. And, uh, so yeah, that's what's, that's what is all going on as I read that quote. Okay. And it fits very well with uh, today's podcast theme of how to lead others better by leading yourself well. Now, in one of your blogs, you began with these words. Today's leaders have the tools to grow things rapidly, but lack the emotional and intellectual health to sustain it all. Ouch. Ouch, right? Yeah. Does that observation come from your personal life or from leaders you've observed and worked with or, or both? It's really, it's both. But I would say a lot of, you know, my leadership learning is always an overflow of what I feel like I'm learning about myself and what God is teaching me. But yeah, I mean, I think that's what I've observed. And, you know, I'm 20 plus years into the leadership game the, as an adult, I guess I would say at this point in my journey. And I, you know, rewind 20 years ago when I was, you know, just out of college and I was starting my career, uh, we had the, it was before social media. It was, I mean, I remember when email was introduced to our office, you know, and so there are probably some listeners who are like, life without email, that sounds lovely. Um, but, uh, but most of us, you know, we, we were used to all of the tools that have made uh, our world as like the, the pace of change is just rapidly escalating. And I was heard some stats the other day about, about just how much more compounding the technological change is going to be over the next, you know, number of years. And, uh, and what, what I see happening, and this was, this is what I experienced for myself. And then it's what I see with a lot of leaders as well, is that we do have a lot of the tools to grow things. Like we know how to scale and grow things faster than ever. But we're not, at least for myself and some of the leaders that I observe, I think we're so busy with chasing the growth and the momentum of the organizations we lead and we serve that we're not giving as much time and attention to our personal growth and development. So that goes back to this self-leadership um, conviction that I have of leading ourselves well, because what's sacrificed is our emotional, our spiritual health, our relationships. And we see that. We see the fallout from that. All of us have experienced stories of you know, friends or acquaintances who have burned out, particularly in ministry. Um, and, and I think we've just, again, we have, we have the tools to grow things and we're chasing all of that sometimes uh, to the detriment of paying attention to our own personal health and development. Well, let's dig deeper. Uh, let me give you yet another one of your uh, quotes. I heard you say, quote, there is a, per you're quoting somebody else, 
there is a person with whom you spend more time than any other, a person who has more influence over you and more ability to interfere with or support your growth than anyone else. This ever-present companion is your own self by Dr. Pamela Butler, a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. So in this theme of leading others better by learning to lead yourself well, uh, it makes me wonder though, couldn't self-awareness lead sometimes to people being more self-focused in yeah. a bad way? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I think that for, I think sometimes that was my own question on this journey was, wow, well, if I slow down and if I'm actually taking more time for my personal growth, for my self-awareness, is that, am I just fixating on me? And what I've actually found is that when we, when we do the hard work, by the way, self-awareness and self-leadership is hard work because we all, I, I'm an achiever by nature. I love to accomplish things and get things done. And uh, so I love the sense of accomplishment and pushing things forward. I was a part of one of the fastest growing churches for a number of years. You know, I worked in the music business before that, where we were topping sales charts and having gold and platinum records. And the achiever in me loved all of those accomplishments. But what often got sacrificed was good self-awareness and an understanding of how I'm impacting others. And so what I've discovered on my own journey is that when I was willing to you know, kind of take a pause and pay attention to my, like what's going on with me. And it's really like emotional intelligence is kind of the bucket around this of uh, that we have greater emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence starts with an understanding of self, my self-awareness of like, you know, what's going on with me? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Um, what's going on with others? How, how aware am I of how others feel? and what they need. And, you know, cause a lot of times when I'm just in hot pursuit of accomplishment, I'm not really paying attention to what other people need or how they're feeling, or, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of oblivious to others. And, uh, and then you, as you and I have talked previously before we started the interview, there's a third component of this, of how do others experience themselves around me? And all of that is wrapped up in emotional intelligence and begins with self-awareness. So what I've found is that when I'm willing to engage the emotional intelligence work, and I'm willing to become more self-aware, it actually helps me recognize how other people are impacted by me. So instead of becoming, you could become self-focused and you could kind of fixate, but if you're doing self-leadership well, it's actually helping you become aware of how others are experiencing you and what your influence, your leadership looks like on others. You know, probably the turning point for me in this or kind of one of those catalytic moments for me was we way back in my early days when I was working in the music business I was I was leading a new team I was young and ambitious and hard driving trying to make everything happen and I was pretty frustrated with my team so I went to my boss you know really kind of to say hey we need to fire the whole team and you know like get me a new team because this team's terrible and he slowed me down and he said Jen if you want to work with widgets, go work in a factory. But if you want to work with people, you're going to have to learn how to love them to lead them. And it was a moment of recognition that I thought leadership, I thought everything, I thought everything was about me, right? Like, I mean, I wouldn't have said that out loud. I wouldn't even really believe that. 
but my behavior indicated that I was just concerned about me. I was concerned about my success. I was concerned about climbing the ladder myself. I was concerned about all of my accomplishments and I was really oblivious to how the team was experiencing me. And so that moment of kind of self-awareness with a leader who was willing to say something kind of challenging to me opened me up to this idea of, oh, wow, I, 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 lack, I lacked emotional intelligence. I wouldn't have had the words for it at that point. But that journey of becoming more self-aware, leading myself better, actually, I believe, has enabled me to be more others aware you know, more aware of how others experience me and how my influence shows up with them. So it, one would think it would be more self-focused. And I feel like for most leaders, it's actually the opposite. They become much more aware of their impact on others and much more others focused. What you say makes a lot of sense. Would you unpack a little bit more this, this advice your boss gave you, love them to lead them? Mm-hmm. Did that mean that they needed to feel you cared about them personally and their development? Or that, that's an interesting phraseology, love them, yeah. lead them. Yeah, you know, and I think in my case, that was exactly how he needed to say it because I was, again, I was just, I was kind of a bulldozer. Like I was just, you know, I was just, and a lot of it's my natural wiring and personality. It was the raw, rough edges of a young 20-something just, you know, trying to, make her dreams come true. But, um, but I think he specifically said it that way because he needed me to wake up to the fact that these were human beings that I had the, the potential to influence. And, uh, and so that kind of set me on a journey of, of saying, what does healthy God-honoring leadership look like? Like, what, is, what does a healthy leader look like? And I think what I had unintentionally assumed is that, and of course, I was in a corporate structure at that point, but I think I had assumed that leadership was all about like just the accomplishments and the goals and the getting things done. And I, I didn't recognize there was a humanness to leadership that was also important. So I think in my boss's wisdom, he knew that I needed, I needed that extreme to go, oh, wait, leadership involves loving people, right? Um, and for me, it, it became ultimately my philosophy of leadership. And I talk about this in my book, The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership, where I look at leadership through the lens of the great commandment that if, um, you know, if, if leadership is really, you know, we, we throw out words that leadership is influence, leadership is servanthood. Um, but if, if I looked at leadership through the lens of the great commandment, where we're supposed to love God and love others, what would leadership look like that way? You know, cause if I really believe as a, as a follower of Christ, if I really believe that the great commandment is to love God and the second is to love others with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then then shouldn't I look at leadership that way? Why would leadership be any different if I'm, you know, if people are on the receiving end of, of my leadership, then it really, I really should be looking at leadership through that lens. And, uh, and so when I look at it from heart, soul, mind, and strength, the heart is the relationship, right? That in order to have influence, we have to have relationship. I can't really lead people if I haven't earned influence and earned a voice in their life. I might have a position of leadership, but people are going to drown they're, you know, they're going to, my voice is going to get drowned out if I'm, if, if, if I have no relationship with people. So that was a key component to me. The soul was the spiritual side that if I'm a follower of Christ, that my, my leadership needs to reflect my values as a believer, that the mind is the strategic side of leadership, that 
um, there is a strategic side. There's things we need to accomplish. There's goals we need to set. All that needs to happen. And then strength is the visionary that um, without vision, people perish. So vision provides strength. And I think great leadership shows up when we do all four of those things. When we're So it's a balance, right? It's like, I think in that case, my boss was saying, you've got to love them because he knew I was not leaning into that side of leadership at all. But I have other people that I work with, leaders that I'll coach, that they may be really great at loving people. And this happens a lot with pastors that I work with, that they are really good at loving people and shepherding them, but sometimes aren't as good about the accountability and the stewardship, you know, which would, and, the, and the, even the vision casting side. So it's a, it's a recognition that I think leadership involves all four of those. And, um, you know, each one of us has, has, a, has, has a place that we lean. And uh, I, needed to, I, I, I needed to learn the love, the relationship side of leadership. That's great integration. Um, let, me, let me ask you to push that a little further. As you, yeah, you, you mentioned the word journey, and you've said it's been you know, like 20 years that you've been on it. As you have become more like Jesus, which is part of the Holy Spirit transforming us inside, right. how have you learned to uh, become more self-aware, since that's the term mm-hmm. that we're using? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think part of it is having great coaches, mentors, people in your life who have a voice and can can speak to that. Um, some of it is I have, you know, so there are really practical things. I'm a big fan of like, there's a resource called Emotional Intelligence 2.0, a great like, like starter book on emotional intelligence just to help you kind of surface, hey, what, you know, there, and they have four kind of areas of, of emotional intelligence that it, it, it scores you on. Uh, and so, and it, then it gives you really practical tools for development in those areas. Um, things like I'm a big fan of Enneagram, which I know is super popular right now, but Enneagram helps you get uh, some awareness of what are your core motivations, what are your core fears, helps you just understand why you why you behave the way you behave. And, and just for those Enneagram fans on online, uh, what are you? Oh, I'm an Enneagram three. Three, so, okay. yeah. So yeah, <laughs> pretty standard achiever, you know, like, um, but uh, yeah, so I think there's some really good tools like that. Any personality assessment, anything that gives you a little more insight, objective insight about how you're wired, how you're, you know, like how you naturally kind of react or behave. The more that you can understand that, then the more equipped you are to catch it. You know, so when I'm working with some of the leaders that I coach and consult, uh, they will often get discouraged when, cause I, every leader I coach, we start out with self-leadership and I'm having them take Enneagram. I'm having them take emotional intelligence 2.0. I'm getting them some of those resources and tools so they can get some perspective on how they show up around with, around the people that they serve and they lead. And most of them will get discouraged right off the bat because they, um, they get, you know, they get a little self-awareness and then they catch themselves Oh, there, you know, there's me trying to overachieve. I'll pick on myself. You know, there's me kind of going into overdrive and I just want to feel like I belong and I'm, you know, trying to, I'm that competitive side of me is kicking in and it's coming from an unhealthy place. And I can, I actually can start to like beat myself up a little bit. What I, what I tell leaders is that actually is growth because now I have, 
I have enough knowledge to help me catch myself when I'm doing those things where, you know, five years ago, those were just blind spots and I'm doing it, not even aware of it coming from an unhealthy place. So self-leadership, self-awareness, totally a journey, but with a few tools that give you kind of, oh, okay. You know, so like an Enneagram language, um, in stress, I shut down that, you know, Enneagram three will go to nine and I'll shut, I'll kind of take on some of those behaviors of the nine and I'll shut down. So now I know, oh, I'm shutting down here. I'm shutting down in this conversation. Um, this will happen a lot with my spouse, right? With my husband. <laughs> like, so if we're in a heated discussion, I sometimes will just want to shut down and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in stress. Why am I in stress? So it gives you tools to kind of work yourself through it. And then I can show up better and I can go, okay, no, shutting down is not a healthy thing. How can I re respond in this conversation in a way that's helpful? Because a healthy me is going to six and wants to move towards others versus retreat from others, right? So it just, the more you understand some of those resources and those tools and you understand what's going on with you, at least in my case, it's helped me catch myself so that I can, I can be more intentional in how I show up with others. Jenny, this is a deep well that I'm, you're tapping in. <laughs> Sorry, we're like, wait, oh, just oh, digging in, right? Great, couple more questions. You've authored or co-authored books with titles like, and I'm gonna emphasize one word, just mm -hmm lead or clout discovering and unleashing your god-given influence or more recently the four dimensions of extraordinary leadership the subtitle the power of leading from your heart soul mind and strength and yet as i've listened to you on your podcast and heard you speak in places one of your themes is that no one else is responsible for your development more than you are as we talk about excellence in leadership and leading self, unpack that just a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think that what I find for a lot of leaders or, is that we kind of are waiting on somebody else to lead us or to provide direction or to care about our development. And I think it's just, it's kind of a personal passion for me is to say, hey, one of the things leaders do is they go first. You know, they're kind of on the front edge of helping lead the way. That's like by the essence of the word, leaders, leaders go first. And uh, what I find with a lot of the leaders that I get to coach is that they get frustrated and they get mad that nobody's leading them. And so that's just one of those kind of tough truths that I like to like, just kind of gently, but lovingly say is that guys, you, nobody else is, is better equipped or is responsible for your leadership, right? That you've got to take responsibility for your growth, your development. Now you can reach out to people. You know, I just got off a call earlier today with somebody who I consider a great friend, mentor, and coach. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proactively reaching out to that person to say, Hey, can I get a few minutes of your time? Or, Hey, can I hire you to coach me and do a coaching session with me? Cause I really need some practical help. But I think what I see for a lot of us is that we, and I don't know why this is, but I think we will hold back and we'll wait for somebody else to tell us where to go, what to learn, what to do next. And I think the best leaders are going to be proactive in that. So it's just one of those tough truths that I'm like, I think we all need to own that and feel, take responsibility for it because we're influencing the people around us, whether we're being intentional with it or not, right? 
that every day you and I have influence with the people around us, friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, people a part of our church, people that we lead on our teams. We have influence. And that influence, I believe, is a stewardship responsibility. In fact, I often say that leadership is sacred work because by the word influence means the power to change or affect someone. And when you really kind of like internalize that, I have the power to change or affect someone because I have influence in somebody's life, then that is a sacred responsibility. Like what a gift that God has given me influence with whatever that sphere looks like, no matter how small or how big, there are people in your life that you have the privilege of influencing. And so I want to give them my best. And my best means I've got to take ownership of it and I've got to be willing to steward what God has entrusted to me. And that's why I don't want us to, I want us to feel that responsibility, I guess, is, is why I say that, is that I think it's just, it's such a sacred responsibility and I don't want to miss it. This is really good. I know a lot of people are relating to what you're saying. You're, you're speaking on a podcast, Jenny, that focuses on excellence. What's the link between excellence and yours and my theme today of how to lead others better yeah. By leading yourself. Yeah. And I love, I love the focus of excellence and I love the work that you guys do in calling churches and ministries to excellence in that, you know, in our stewardship and our financial integrity and so forth. I think that's such a, such an important part of the work that we do in the organizations that we all serve. So thank you first and foremost for calling us to that. Um, and I think, you know, I think we've got to lead ourselves. It's like we talked about from the beginning, we have to lead ourselves well to lead others better. And the integrity of the organization is, is directly related to the integrity of its leaders, right? The, the integrity of the organization is related to the integrity of its leaders. And so that excellence idea of pursuing our best, pursuing God's best in the work that we do, I just, I think, I think it's an overflow of our faithfulness to how God has gifted us, right? If God has entrusted this to us, if I'm entrusted to serve at this organization in this season, then I'm responsible, I'm a steward, and I need to give the very best I can to that work. Um, and that to me is the definition of excellence, right? Is that giving my absolute best with what God has given me, I'm gonna give my absolute best to steward that well because he's entrusted it to me for this season. I don't know how long he's given me with this, but he's given it to me for a season and I need to give my best in that. And so. And I think, you know, I mean, I think sometimes we can get hung up on the word excellence, but I think of the Philippians 1, 6 um, passage, I forget which version it is, but it says perfecting until the day of Christ Jesus, right? That we're being perfected until the day of Christ Jesus. And I think that's a pursuit of excellence. It's a pursuit of God's perfecting work being done in my life and my story. And, you know, and I think the organizations we serve, we need to be, we need to be giving, we need to be giving that, we need to be giving our best. Awesome. A lot of dots connecting in what you've said. Uh, very rich. Thank you. Before Thank you so we break, much, tell me, tell tell us one more time, the Foresight Group. Uh, give me a website for it so that people can follow and connect with you. Perfect. Yeah. So the Foresight Group is the organization that I lead and get to get to serve leaders and organizations, and uh, it's getforesight.com. The word get, the number four, the word site.com. As in S I G H T. Correct. Awesome. Yes. Jenny, always a joy to be together. God bless you in your work and ministry and uh, growth on that journey of Thanks becoming so more like Jesus and in the process, uh, leading self to be able to lead others better. 
Thank you so much, Warren.